What's up, people? This is Mr. Enos telling you what Mr. Enos. And what I want to jump into today is the TV show House of Cards and a couple of parallels that I see there with our previous administration. And really just decided to do this show because, well, do this topic because uh, it's at the forefront with the recent acquittal yesterday. Trump was acquitted in his second impeachment, this one for inciting an insurrection on January 6th, 2021, because he didn't want the electoral college votes confirmed, which show that he clearly lost the presidency. So just want to get into that, and then I'm going to quickly touch on that acquittal and a couple of opinions I have about the Republicans and just what I think of their defense of Trump. So, first of all, House of Cards started in 2016, uh, 2013, excuse me, started in 2013. It was one of Netflix's first original shows. So, made for Netflix, produced by Netflix for Netflix. And uh, ran for six seasons. And what happened with me was, well, here, just to give you a quick breakdown. The House of Cards follows... The main character Frank Underwood, who starts out in season one as just a congressman, uh, has a position they term it House Whip, meaning whip the votes. Um, not even going to get to where that might have originated, but uh, it's about whipping votes to go certain ways. So that's pretty much his role. But he's an ambitious son of a gun. So, long story short, through the course of the next season or so, he finagles, finesses, basically steals his way from congressman to vice president to president. And the thing that draws me in about the show is not just him, but more so him in relation to politics itself. I mean, they get into the back channeling, the side deals, the almost what you would call black ops areas of politics and by black ops I just mean there are some things that people do uh, as far as blackmail sex setups just want to get leverage on people it's it's politics is honestly that show will show you politics probably is the dirtiest game ever played but um, getting on to the main topic, Frank Underwood. Now, Kevin Spacey played the character for the first five seasons. They killed him off in between season five and six because, as some of you may know, he had some issues off camera, sexual harassment related, related things and a couple other things that were going on. So Netflix just best felt it was time to part ways or felt best it was time to part ways. So they killed him off and Robin White, Robin Wright, who played his wife, took over, and she led season six. Now, the main thing here is, this show came out 2013, well before the 2016 election, where Trump was elected. Now, as I was watching season five, and it had me thinking about what I'd seen in the other seasons, I just thought to myself, how in the world was Netflix able to predict the dumpster fire 
that was the presidency from 2016 to 2020. Like they nailed it. Just how did they do it? How could you know? And as I'm watching season five, I actually had to flip my train of thought. And this is what I started thinking. Netflix didn't predict anything. If anything, I felt like Donald Trump watched this show, thought to himself, I can be that guy, and pretty much just stole the character and brought him to life. I mean, if you watch Frank Underwood, he is devious, he is unscrupulous, he is no morality, underhanded, makes threats, gives the craziest sound bites, says things you would think no president or politician should even say out loud. And he does it all without losing a single night of sleep, not even a wink. And so my thought was, Donald Trump watched this show, saw everything that this guy did, and then just brought it to life, and I'll be damned. It worked and got him elected. And this just went for four years to the point that he has amassed an army of mindless zombies who are at his beck and call and hang on his every word. Now, the show's great, but the scary thing is this was not art imitating life. This was life imitating art. So the fact that you can bring someone like that to life and have that work, Washington is a scary place. It's a scary place. And let's be very honest, this was just a show. So if they're putting out those kind of things, and it's a drama, don't get me wrong, this is not a documentary, I get it, but you know, they have consultants and people who've had access to guide them through this. So. I believe a lot of what they showed is probably the shit that goes on in Washington, in the White House, in the Capitol, in the Senate, in the House, what have you. And it, it, the parallels are just amazing. Just amazing. Right down to the very end, once Trump went dark, after it was clear things were not going his way. So... Yeah, just wanted to draw that parallel and just to tell you guys a little bit about the show for those who haven't have it haven't seen it despite the kevin spacey thing it's definitely worth a watch so it has more than just him i mean between him his wife claire who does her own deeds in season six believe me if you think frank was bad she might have hit it well, but when it was time to pull the claws out, she pulled no punches. So, you have his wife, and even some of the earlier characters. One of my favorites being Mahershala Ali's character of Remy, who worked closely with the president, uh, but he was actually the moral center. Center. Uh, he was the guy who you want to do what's best, but you want to do what's right. His girlfriend, also a liaison, if you will, Jackie Sharp, who was working in the White House, privy to a lot of the less glamorous things that politics had to offer. So, you know, she had to face her own morality. 
and one of my favorite characters who made it through all six seasons for the most part, Doug Stamper. He reminded me of Rahm Emanuel. He was a Rahm Emanuel of the White House. And I know Rahm served under Barack. I'm just, these are loose parallels, obviously. But Doug was just that guy who, he gets shit done. Need this done? Do it. Having a problem here? Handle it. No questions asked. No hesitation. Tells you exactly what you need to know. No more, no less. So, a lot of great performances in the show. A lot of parallels to the previous administration. Definitely worth a watch. It will make you think about how dirty of a game politics is. And as dirty as it looked on TV, I'm guessing it's 10, 20 times that in real life. Now, one thing I want to mention before I get into this acquittal about that show, the one thing that was not a parallel, the first lady. Claire Underwood in the show was well-spoken, strong, ambitious, Just American-born, typical first lady. Um, and as I said, she, spoiler alert here, did take over the presidency in season six. And she held her own despite a lot of pushback from various sources. Then we had Melania. Didn't say much. Never really had a platform. Didn't seem to be the strongest of individuals. Give her a sheet, tell her what to say, she'll do it. To the point that they even stole some of Michelle Obama's, a couple of Michelle Obama's speeches. Maybe not verbatim, but there, that was definitely called to the carpet. So, not a parallel there. Melania is not an impressive first lady. To the point that she even complained about Christmas. Who complains about Christmas in America? Decorations like that she didn't want to put them up but pretty sure the white house had people for that so i'm guessing she didn't have to do much there and i also believe she wore a jacket that said something crazy about not caring what people think or some bull jive but yeah very toned down so i will say that was definitely not a parallel from the show which is sad because it would have been nice to have a stronger first lady but we had what we had and it's over and done now so glad we moved on and just to touch base on this acquittal real quick so yes trump in his second impeachment trial was acquitted yesterday and i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this we all know what we saw he incited an insurrection with the fight like hell and fight, 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 and this and that, and make them blah, blah, blah. Told his mindless zombies to go over to the Capitol. They did it. They did what they did. It's been relived for the last four days. I don't need to go over those images. But I just want to point out the Republican Party and the weakness there. This is a man who as rioters were literally kicking down the doors and breaking through windows to try to get onto the house floor to hang people, maim people, possibly take lives. They tore the place apart, they stole. They pretty much did what they wanted to do. 
and Trump the whole time refused to send any help. Mike Pence actually had to get the National Guard involved because Trump refused to do it. And they defended this man tooth and nail. Not all of them. I do have respect for the Republicans who voted to impeach. Uh, does show a lot of brass to go against your own party, but this is a man who was willing to let you die for his cause, not for yours, for the people's. And you defend him tooth and nail, shows a lot of weakness. And I was having a conversation with a friend earlier via text message. And what I said was, I don't understand why they're so scared of this man when he's no longer in power. He's gone, he's not the president, and an acquittal will ensure he can never run again. So this friend of mine told me that what it boils down to is that these Republicans, they're afraid of maybe not Trump, but his supporters coming after them. Uh, they're in fear for their safety pretty much. And we've seen some examples, I believe that there were a few people trying to put together a plan to kidnap Michigan's governor a couple months ago. Luckily, the authorities were able to get in front of that and prevent it, so we're good on that front. But he had a point. It was a very good point. I understood his point. It makes sense, and I get that. What I replied to him with was this. If, in fact they are afraid of Trump supporters, then maybe they shouldn't be politicians because you go into that game, you have to understand, you can't give in to fear that way. You know, there are some things to be fearful of, but you have to make the right decisions. You cannot make decisions that are fear-based, otherwise they will keep doing this and doing it and doing it just to get their way. So the threats won't stop if they know you'll cave. You have to stand up to the bullies. Now, that said, what I replied with was this. If in fact, those Republicans are afraid of Trump supporters coming after them because of the decisions that they made that go against the mob's belief, well, congratulations, politicians. Because my opinion is this. Now, maybe you understand, especially the older politicians, now maybe you understand what it was like to be a civil rights leader or activist in the 60s, in the 70s. Now maybe you understand the Martin Luther Kings, the John Lewis's, the Malcolm X's, a myriad of others. Now you see what they felt like, but you know what the difference is. They might've felt the fear they acted in spite of it. They acted courageously and they did the right thing in spite of any fear they might have had. In spite of any pushback that they had, in spite of the threats, in spite of the beatings, in spite of everything. That's the difference between real leaders and the puppets that we have in the Congress, the House, the Senate, wherever. So I'm going to close on that note, but that's Mr. Enos telling you what Mr. Enos. See you next time around.